This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Live commentary. He knocks it inside to Crazy Empire. Steps away from the attention to Smith. Quiet now. Finds Bay and Fennick. Bay and Fennick. Pass two. Pass three. He's clipped there, but he's still going. Referee plays it on it. That's a penalty. Bay and Fennick. Buster taking on. Mason taking on five players. Beat the lock. I've had down in the penalty area. Live interviews. When I was using my material and he used to give me lessons. And I said to him, one day you're going to, I said to him, one day you're going to, I'm going to be playing with you. And it was to be that he was the one that I remember him going down to the line and just crossing it back and me sliding in with my left foot all them years ago and putting it in. And I think, I, I, I remember it and I know nearly every Sheffield Wednesday fan remember it because they keep telling me about it now. Expert analysis. It's hard to actually stop naming players. Gus Sal. Oops. Uh, you know what I mean? Say again. Hello. All right, there. Okay. That was strange. You just said hello. Well, most of the time, anyway. Homestale Radio. www.holradio.net. Some loud typing to start the show. Hello and welcome to Homestow Radio, a show about Palace for the fans, made by the fans. My name's Chris Hambling and I'm here to guide you through our review of the last week. Our poor form and struggles in front of goal continued as the season draws to a close with two games, seeing just one point and no goals in the four column. Four games without scoring was unthinkable for the fir- fir- for the most part of this season, uh, yet in the most critical t- critical of times, that's what we've just seen. We began with a long trip to Blackpool on Easter Monday where the Seasiders defeated the Eagles 1-0 in an absolute disgrace of a pitch. Intense frustration and the ability to, inability to even create something uh, was the main memory for the Palace faithful uh, on their long journey home. Um, that, that moment of quality came in the game from Thomas Ince combining with Matt Phillips with the latter smashing home a fine goal from the edge of the box. In truth, Palace didn't deserve a victory uh, in a display lacking in confidence but could also count themselves unlucky not to leave with a point. Yesterday saw the visit of Barnsley fighting for their lives near the foot of the table, regularly producing good performances. The game is dominated by the Eagles this time, but once again there are serious difficulties in creating meaningful chances, with many of the 23 shots coming from range and failing to trouble the goalkeeper. Still, there were several great opportunities, notably for substitute Aaron Wilbraham, to register a goal and give that, get that all-important three points. If it was not to be a bumper, 
it was not to be, and a bumper crowd of over 21,000 had to witness a Selhurst stalemate. As ever, we'd love to hear from you today as we review the week for Palace. Uh, you can call us on 0203 47 999. You can email radio at homesdale.net or you can tweet us. It's at whole radio to give us your view and ask any questions you might have of the presenting team. Uh, you can also visit the chat room on homesdale.net. Go to whole radio, that's H O L radio.net forward slash chat to join the conversation. Uh, if you're listening on a PC, you may be interested to know you can listen on a mobile device via the TuneIn Radio app. Visit holradio.net forward slash mobile to find out more. <clears throat> Helping me review the last seven days um, are Ben Nagel. Hi, Ben. Evening, Chris. You all right? Yeah, yeah. And you'll also uh, be dealing with any communication we happen to get today. Yeah, well, I'm on, I'm on the Twitter, so uh, yeah, get your tweets in now and I'll, I'll read them out later on the show. Hooray. Um, we've also got, returning for the first time in a while, Albert Curley. Hi, Albert. Good evening. How are you? Yeah. You know, emotional, but um, I'm always emotional. Is that because I'm here? It is a bit, yeah. It's been a while, isn't it, mate? It has. But uh, you'll probably remember how we do things fairly shortly. Uh, badly is the main way we do things. Um, we've also got Nick Gillard. Hi, Nick. How you doing? All right? Yeah. That's, all three of you have asked me how I am, I think. <laughs> I'm very impressed, Chris, with the way you, um, the, the first part of the show was so natural and obviously I- not being read out. Yeah. Can I say it as well? Um, yeah. It was all seamless apart from, did you get a text in the middle of it? A uh, tweet, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't put my phone on silent. <laughs> I know what's wrong with my voice as well. It sounds slightly less enthusiastic than usual. <clears throat> you sound like Susan George, mate. Who's Susan George? Oh, Jell-O, no. Oh, God, we should have had Jell-O. Uh, anyway, the plan for tonight is to review both games as best we can uh, and simply to talk about the current situation as we all see it. So do get in touch if you want to have your shay. Sh- your sh- mm. Yeah, no, that's what I meant. Oh, dear God, it's going to go well. Um, we're, uh, we did think seriously about not coming on air today because none of us have really done anything in terms of preparation. And we've got no news and brief recorded, so we can't even go to that. It's just terrible. I don't think you're meant to tell everyone that, Chris. Uh, I'd like to be honest with our listeners. I feel we've built up some trust. <laughs> over the can, I, can I just ask about some news? Yeah. Um, Jez, Jez, has he gone back to Swansea? I don't think so, no. No. no I think sure just... I just... Him, right? <laughs> don't know, has he? I don't know. Can somebody let us know? Someone in the chat room or um, ben, was that you typing again? Sorry, yeah, it was, this... me, uh, it was me Twitter searching Jazz Richards to find oh, out okay. if he has. I don't think he has, but... No, I don't think so either. Just... They just picked Joel Ward, because Joel Ward, uh, um, well, you know, Ian Holloway seems to be a big fan of him. Uh, talked about him in the, the press, match press, press conference. Um, the only sort of bit of news in brief that we were going to talk about was that the um, Palace Under-21s managed a 1-1 draw with Man City. Uh, they'd recently beaten them 4-3 up at their ground, and uh, Antilio Lombardo... Uh, is in charge of that team uh, they're under 21 so they're a good side I think we saw them at Sellers earlier in the season obviously we've played them in again now they've got this second round of the elite group and a 1-1 draw is, uh, is certainly no no mean result and I know uh, Mika Richards played in that game uh, it was on the end of quite a uh, serious challenge from our very own Connor Diamond who um, apparently had a very good game as well but yeah interesting stuff um, look before we get into the, the review of Blackpool um Wanted to talk about talk to Nick. Nick wanted to raise a point about the the reasons for our well, what you've described, Nick, as a slump in form. It's you. You've moved to the Arthur, mate. <laughs> it's oh. your fault. I don't it, know about... it was all right before then, and my brother bought a season ticket, and we went pants. We've lost our mojo. You're in the wrong. You're in the wrong seat, Chris. Mate. You were the you were you were sat on the mojo button, mate. Listen, we've had plenty. And you've of, moved plenty of great games when I was in the Arthur. Don't you can't blame it on my movement. But, um, yeah. 
It's a fair few people who've moved over. But um, Ben, you've got something you want to add. Yeah, so I sometimes do feel like it's my fault, in a way. Uh, I'll elaborate a bit and, and explain why. Kev Day talks about it quite a lot in the programme, about having little kind of things that you do before the game that you think like that are lucky or and stuff like that. And I, the way I walk to the ground, I feel like I'm crossing the road at the wrong point. <laughs> because there's a road that I walk down and sometimes I cross it quite early and sometimes late and when I thought I'd, I'd change it up and cross it early and uh, and we got hammered 4-0 so I don't really know where to go from here because I've crossed the road at pretty much every point and we keep losing <laughs> don't cross the road Ben yeah. <laughs> sure, I, just, I just won't cross I just won't it's funny you hear a score that. 6 you'll be outside the ground and you'll hear a score 6 but it won't matter and you've saved the day try it at the next game Sorry, Alvin, you were saying... We'll stand outside and see if we win. Well, no, it's just reminded me that I, I walked all the way to Celeste from my house for the Birmingham game, and look how that ended up. Yeah. Um, I think we all need to change the way we are going to games. Guys, I'm going to... You live in Cornwall as well, don't you? <laughs> it's a way. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say none of this is the reason for the slump. But I'll be interested to hear from uh, those listening as to what their reasons are. So do get in touch through various means. Radio at homesdale.net at... Whole radio, or give us a call 0203475999. Um, of the team, I think I'm probably the only one who went to the Blackpool game. Um, my basic review is this we lost, <laughs> they had 10 men, the pitch was awful, we were awful, and it was just incredibly frustrating as a game. Um, I don't, I don't want to dwell too much on it other than to just quickly say to Ben, he needs to mute his microphone when he types. Right. And, um, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say in any way, even though they went down to ten men pretty early on. I, I, we just did not deserve anything out of that for that match. Um, there was no real quality on show from either side, to be completely honest with you. And um, I think, if anything, the, the sort of sending off it was one of those where it kind of it gave them an excuse to just sit there and play on the break, and we just couldn't break them down. Uh, and it was the first time I've really seen. Obviously, we've had some awful things. Um, in terms of results, like against Brighton and against Birmingham, that have, have not the confidence. But it's the first time I've seen us play against a team that we we were comfortably better than. You could see that we had the better players. We just simply didn't have anything, you know. Didn't have anything. Can, I, can I ask a question? Mm. I, I, I thought this yesterday afternoon, and, and with the slump and everything, I don't know whether I'm being uh, conspiratorial mm-hmm. uh, or not. But saying maybe um, Parish wants the. Um, Revenue from playoff games and possible <laughs> Wembley. I think um, I, I, th- I think that's completely crazy, obviously, because if, you know the production that's true. Yeah, I know. I like no, listen, the playoffs are the best way to go up. They're absolutely the best way to go up if you could guarantee winning, but you just can't guarantee that. And if you look at the teams that are in there with us, and I mean, Bolton are on a hell of a run. They look like they'll get in there. Brighton look like they'll get in there. Those two teams that you, I just do not want us to have to play. But we, you know, it's pretty seems pretty obvious to me we're not going to get an automatic place now. Which we, you know, we're not not really good enough. Uh, at a key point in the season, and I suppose a lot of people are sort of struggling with the idea that is this actually were we overachieving before, and is this actually the, the sort of level of form we could expect? Uh, I've heard a few people say that that we're actually just sort of reverted to the. You think about the pre-season expectations of the bookies and things like that, and I just won't have that. It's just completely wrong. You you see, when it is confidence, that's all it is. It's so we've lost our mojo, basically. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just a little bit of self-belief in front of goal, and you saw it because you saw a player come on for for Murray and Aaron Wilbraham, who 
he's getting slated in the chat room. Yeah, yeah, slated unfairly, I think. But you know, because he was in the positions to to do something. He, yeah, he exactly. Didn't do it, and he wasn't the only one. Phillips scuffed a shot, and mm. you know, it's it's just going to be one of those times. And hopefully, my take on it is all right. We'll pick up now. We've 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 had the clean sheet. We've let in all those goals beforehand. And it was important to get the clean sheet. Uh, you know, Barnsley weren't all that anyway. But um, it's it's something to build from. It's it's the first stage kind of thing. You know what I mean? And uh, hopefully, if we can get a run now, then that'll be getting a run, timing ourselves in a Cavendish-like sprint in time for the playoffs. I don't know if that's the right analogy, but well, a cycling, you know. isn't it? So I mean, mm, I don't know. But I think I think Ian Holloway was touching on that in his post-match press conference. He was saying that you know the teams that are successful are the ones that time it right, but. I think, unfortunately for us, that the wheels have actually have, have come off right now. Um, to sort of carry that analogy on, it's there's, there's probably more work to do uh, than time we have to do it. I think in terms of getting ourselves some momentum. So I think we're actually going to have to rely on probably a bit of luck, if I'm being completely honest. And that's that's not to say that we're not good enough. It's just that we've we've hit this sort of patch of form at the worst possible time. Um, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it in a minute. Uh, I want to mention the fact that there was a. Um, Reported bust up in the in the change room as well. Ian Holloway mentioned and things like that. We'll talk about what that sort of thing means and you know how how that compares to people suggesting that that the people aren't trying. But just to sort of round off that that Blackpool result, really, it was a good crowd that travelled up there. And um, one thing I sort of to take us from this the, the Blackpool game onto the um, onto the the, the Barnsley match was the end of the game. You know, those people have put in a lot of time and effort to get up there, spent a lot of money. Most of them spent a lot of money over the weekend getting incredibly drunk. But, you know what I mean, it's, it's quite a, a big uh, sacrifice for a, per- a person to go and watch that game. At the end of that match, no one booed, as far as I can recall. Not one, not, you know, it was a poor performance. It was an absolute awful sand pit of a pitch. But, like, but, but, you know, you could forgive people being angry, but the away support, once again... No booing. Didn't get on anyone's backs. It was, a, it was a game we should never have lost. At the end of the day, you sort of you clap the players off, you go home, you, you know, and you lick your wounds and you hope for the next game, really. And that was that was kind of the difference between you, you saw, you know, about a thousand people up at Blackpool, whatever it was. It's hard to remember, but and then you see twenty one and twenty one thousand two hundred odd at Sellers yesterday, and a number of people that booed at the end of that game. It was just absolutely... I mean, some people have said to me on, on Twitter that the booing wasn't so much at the players for a lack of effort. It was at a booing out of frustration. Well, it's the same thing, yeah. isn't it? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, people aren't sheep, are they? You just don't... I know that would have been bad, wouldn't it? But, you know... That's a good segue into Mark from Barry's email. Go on. It looks like following my email two weeks ago, I was right. Palace fans, players and manager undone by their own arrogance. You still had fans after the Birmingham game believing top two was achievable. Deluded isn't the word. I think that's deluded. Mm-hmm. Palace fans believe their teams play with flair and attacking intent. And quite simply, all I've seen is a naive football club managed by an inept weasel. You all talk a good game in the media and on your message boards, but quite simply, you are nowhere near the level required. Next season, I can see you being <laughs> back to mid-table obscurity with Glenn Murray's goal count being half. It's halved. Without yeah. the benefit of so many self penalties. This is thanks off. for your time, Mark from Barry. Um, there's off. a few points in there, isn't there? Yeah, this is our friendly Cardiff fan, isn't it? Yeah, thanks. Hello, Mark. Thanks for your thanks time. for listening. Um, <laughs> well, okay, I hope you tweet um, that as shows on as well, Mark. 
<laughs> Listen, I, I, look, you know, at the end of the day, for someone to mention arrogance and to send an unbelievably arrogant email to our to our radio show is, is impressive. But look, he's, he's made a point that, you know, he's saying Palace fans believe our t- their team plays with flair and attacking intent. Well, actually it does. It does play with flair and attacking intent. <laughs> just, just not at the moment. <laughs> but, but yeah, but you can also, whether, whether we're managed by an inept weasel or not, um, yeah, there is a lot of a naivety in our play. You know, we've got a, we've got a team of young players um, mixed with a bit of experience, but not not all of them are played sort of together that often. It's, there's a lot of reasons why we are where we are. But you know what? We've not thrown the sort of money that um, that the Cardiff Dragons have thrown at thrown at it. Um, you know, can, the, I, can I um, interject there? Just no, something. Listen, I just want to finish. You know, the, the Red Army have thrown an awful lot of money um, at various different players of various qualities, and um, you know. They're waving their red scarves on the way to the Premiership, and they'll be very, very happy about that, I'm sure, uh, in Asia. It's like a red scarf to a ball, isn't it, really? <laughs> it is. It's like <laughs> a red scarf to a ball. But like, it's um, got, you know, that's, that's the modern game, isn't it? You there's know? one line in the email that I really like, though. It says, um, you all talk a good game in the media and on your message boards. Is he referring to us as the media? Well, it's that's it, Nick. It's a long time to get to that. If we're referred to by fans of other clubs as the part of the media, then we're doing all right, aren't we? We are, mate. I've Two told years you. into the show. It's, yeah, it can go on your CV, mate. I've told you before. But, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, ben, did you have a point? <laughs> yeah, uh, it was going back to, to your home fans booing away fans, not yeah, booing yeah. thing. Do you think there's a case in point for, for saying that away fans and home fans are different? Because away fans... I'm not. I'm not saying that they're better fans, but because they've travelled so far, they feel like they're they're not going to boo. And home fans can can in a way just walk down the road to the ground. And mm. it, like I I don't I don't know, but I feel like I'd rather go to away games and home games sometimes because of the fact that yeah. you're not going to get that such negativity and you're going to be able to get behind the, the team more than at home. Well, Ben, you know, obviously, I moved from homes now where where I was next to you. I moved because of uh, moaning. Um, but it wasn't because of me. Uh, yeah, obviously you were there, which was yeah. You know, I had to keep looking at your stupid face, but <laughs> but basically, I, you know, I'm not because mate, I think again, it probably because I go to, to to you know most of the away games. So probably that is how I find it. I I just you know yeah. I mean, I I get frustrated at games, and you know, I'll kick a seat or break my toe on a curb or whatever. But like at the end of the day, why would you go to a, to a match and to treat it like it's a pantomime and just boo at the end when? things don't go your way that's just not how it works and I think you're absolutely right there is a huge difference between those who go to to the games every single week follow follow the club up and down the country no matter what happens there is generally a difference it's not the same for everyone because there's people who moan and complain yet still go to every game like some sort of a masochist and then there's people that you know pick and choose games because of their own circumstances and all they want to do is support the side that you know that happens but there does seem to be a, a level of casual or floating support that you know, you can imagine it. Just put it, put it, put it in your head like this. There's, you know, you sort of, sort of a person's thought. You know, well, I can get myself and my my child in. Child goes in for a quid. I get in for twenty five. That's all right. Twenty six quid for tickets. Team are playing really well. We're up the top of the league. I'm going to go. Well, it's only Barnsley in it. They're down the bottom. We'll go and win that game. And there's probably a whole bunch of people who thought that. Who thought I'll pick that game. We're going to definitely go and win. I tell my boys we're going to go and win the game. And then they and, and they saw a, a performance of a team struggling for confidence. So it was it was the confidence in front of the goal. Yeah, it was. We, yeah. We, we, it wasn't just we we played some nice football. We just couldn't put the ball in there. Yeah, yeah. So it's weird that we. That's the frustrating thing is, is um, it's the, the the one time the one moment we 
he created the chances, that, the sort of chances that Glenn Murray would put away. Um, we're taking him off the pitch, and a lot of people got frustrated by that. Um, all right, look, we, look, we've you know we've sort of drifted from Blackpool, and quite rightly so. It's it's you know it's a fair old while ago now, and we don't want to dwell on it. So, can I do a good segue into the next match then? Oh, oh go on. Just a, a good, just from the chat room, uh, Palace Fifteen Eagle says. Well, but uh, far from the beaches of Blackpool, uh, Wilbraham was a donkey at Sellers Park yesterday. <laughs> yeah, and uh, that seems to be the, the popular view. But um, it's interesting because one, one thing about sort of creating a chance as well and, and finding something... Well, one thing about missing a chance, I suppose, is being in the position to miss it. And I Yeah. Think, uh, Danny, Danny H just said... Um, oh, let's just scroll up. Um, <laughs> so it's a funny email. Yeah. Right, yeah, cheers. Uh, Wilbraham for Murray, what in the name of all that's holy was that about? Well, listen, there's, there's two things. I know, I, know, I know someone, I think it was on the BBS mentioned that they've spoken to Murray and he said he didn't have an injury and whatever. But it's, I thought it was fairly well known that uh, Glenn Murray's uh, carried a hip injury and playing through it. I don't know whether he's taking painkillers or what, but he's playing with a hip injury. What, trendy um, injury? Yeah, yes, a trendy injury. No one says hip anymore, Nick. Right? No, oh, sorry. Leave it out, Grandad. Yeah, <laughs> oh, but no, seriously, right? He's playing with an injury, as a lot of players do. It's not, uh, it's not an uncommon thing. A lot of players are carrying knocks, especially this point in the season. So he's probably not trying to make a big deal out of it. But I, I thought I saw him motion to the bench that he was injured. I, I genuinely thought I saw that. Uh, that proved about five minutes before he went off. So I, I assumed that the decision was made due to an injury to Glenn Murray. So there we go. Um, but, but injured or injured or not, I think he looks knackered, mm. and I think that's our problem. Zaha, you know, half of the Barnsley team were beating Zaha for pace yesterday. You know, if a ball broke free or one was sent up the line, you know, he wasn't pulling away, you know, from them as he normally does. And same said of Balassi, the front three, the front three who we relied on for service and obviously Glenn Murray for finishing, they all look absolutely spent. And there's, you know, there's no replacements that are anywhere near as good. Mm. Which is isn't a criticism because they are so good. But. Yeah, yeah. Good, Nick. Is that a fitness thing? Are they being overtrained? Are they not being trained enough on their fitness? What could it be? I don't know. Um, I don't know. We've, we're one of those teams that's used quite a lot of players, I think. But I think Albert's probably touched on it pretty well there in that the players that we rely on have probably played the most. If I mean, that's an obvious statement in a lot of ways because that's you, you do pick your best players every week, don't you? But... But people like Zaha and, and Blassie and, and Murray especially have are, are the players that week in, week out we have to turn to to get us where we want to be. Um, and of course at the end of the season they're going to be tired and carrying knocks and all that sort of thing. I actually, oh, that's I, absolute rubbish. If they were fit, look at Johnny Parr. He played about 900 games without a break. Yeah, look at Johnny Parr's fantastic. season. But that's a different thing altogether. I can't even cross a ball this season. Yeah, but but, um, Johnny Parr's not chasing down long balls sent over his head you know, for 90 minutes, is he? No, look, oh, look, um, end of the day, Murray does not look like he looked earlier in the season. I don't really think there's an argument of that. He's still a fantastic player up the top, still plays some great stuff in and around the box, but he just, he just seems to lack a tiny bit of mobility. If you go back to the year before, when he was still settling in at Palace and still trying to sort of find his way in the team, he, that was one of the criticisms that got lobbied at him. You know, he, you don't look... Didn't look particularly mobile, and I, I think he's gone a little bit back to that. But the thing is, we're, we're, you're looking at reasons at why we're not doing things, and you're starting to. Be, the chances are Murray's performance probably isn't that different to how he was performing. 
it re- but we're just seeing it now because we're now looking for excuses and we're looking for reasons why the form is what it is. Where personally, I just think it comes down to confidence. I think we get a an early goal in a game like that, and I think all of those players, you know, will look the players of old. It's it's a strange one. It really, really is. And um, it, it must be said that the, the championship is an unforgiving league. And if you look how how close it is from from. The bottom kind of 18 are all within a few points of each other, aren't they? And there's not... It, the, the gap's been closing and closing all the time. I've, I felt like there was a gap beginning to build up in January time um, between us and the playoffs and kind of the top and the bottom of the league. But it's really kind of Constantina together again. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or squeeze yeah, together yeah. again. Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely right. No, it's fine. You can uh, use whatever words you like. <laughs> but, um, no, I, I thought the same because obviously, you know, you sort of... This time of the season, you got your, constantly got your eye on the table, really, during the games, and things just changed so quickly. And you're right, we looked. I still think we're pretty much nailed on for the um, for the playoffs. And what have you? And Mikey's just put a stat up there. It says um, eight points between twenty second and ninth. Bloody I mean, hell! <laughs> that's completely insane. Just goes to show you what this league's about. And it just goes to show you that if you get consistency, like the Cardiff Dragons, you can get yourself right to the top of the table. Um, and, and kind of stay there, even if you're, if you're not really up to up to that kind of level. A little bit like uh, Hull as well. We saw Hull visit Sellers, uh the other week. And, you know, obviously we sent them packing with a, with a very, really good display. Hmm. I wonder if any of us are still here. There's a problem with this call. I'm still it. I'm still it. I mean, I can hear you guys. Uh, uh, there's a problem with the call. I think it's Nick. But I'm going to ignore it. Um, let's just carry on. Um, so, look. It's uh, it's well, it's certainly um, getting tighter and tighter the closer we get to the end of the season. I'm, you know, I'm very, very uh, worried with the way things are going. I have to say, but let's let's talk specifics about that game. Uh, actually, before we do that, Ben, you've probably got a bit few tweets, haven't you? I have. Yeah, I've got a few tweets on on the Blackpool game. Uh, just to kind of wrap that up, um, Robert White has said that he went to the Blackpool game and he thought, like the QPR match today, we found it more difficult to break down ten players, which I think we'd agree with um, he said the Bloomfield Road pitch was 1970s standard awful mm. um, another tweet about the Blackpool game uh, from Samuel Margo says we played poor and the pitch didn't help and then uh, last one says uh, the final ball was awful and the pitch didn't help players looked knackered and I got a few tweets we asked about uh, the slump and, and the reason for it and yep. we got quite a few tweets in on that um, Football Promos has said the reason for the slump is the damn long ball Harriet Scoop said a lack of Paddy McCarthy and Christopher Wind has gone along the same lines and said no Jermaine Easter. I think I, the Paddy McCarthy one, there's obviously he has a, has a lot of leadership qualities and mm. potentially we might be, be lacking in that a little bit. Um, moving on to another m- couple of tweets. But he hasn't been well. there all season. Said, yeah, so yeah, Al- Al- Albus made a good point there. He hasn't been there all season. So yes, I suppose the, the argument would be when, when the going sort of gets tough, I'm not finishing that with a Billy Ocean reference. Um, <laughs> when the going gets tough, you do kind of want to. You turn to your leaders and you turn to the people that um, you know that might inspire you. But yeah, he hasn't. Do been you think? Season, and do you not, think we've got leaders in in the side? Yeah, I think yeah, Jedinak certainly is a leader. But he's not there for the next two games. Yeah, is he? We're missing for two games now. Yeah, exactly. But you know, he's he is he's he's the leader of that group, and there's plenty of passionate people there. You tell me, Delaney and Ramage aren't aren't leaders and aren't you know aren't going to fulfil that role. I don't think it just comes down to that, personally. Um, but, you know, we'll see. Oh, sorry, Nick. Ben, you had some some more bits. Yeah, i got got a couple more. Um, 
Luke Saywell says Joel Ward being injured and we're carrying players like KG. Tim Soapbar says Murray is out of form and then his hashtag form is temporary. So I, I assume he's he's insinuating that class is permanent and that he'll be back. Yeah. Uh, Zoe Messenberger said, I think too much pressure, strikers not performing and bad tactical choices in games prior to Saturday. And Lisa, who is at Troomp, has tweeted in a, a different point uh, about, we, we spoke about booing at games. She said even at Bristol City away we didn't boo and the team were appalling. Yeah. I think you'd be able to resonate with that. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, that's one of my worst moments of, of any season, that game, I have to say. It's, it's, a, it's what I think back to now for, for perspective, because at that point, you know, we, we were going down, in my view. I didn't say it at the time, I was devastated at the end of that game. No, it was so early in the season, but we played off the park by what I could see was a very, very ordinary side, who, you know, have proved that since. And, and honestly, I mean, the fans at that point show, you know, kind of a hint of what was to come with the sort of abuse at the owners, abuse at management and all that sort of stuff. It's weird that a lot of the people were abusing the uh, the owners at that point in time and were abusing a manager they now cry about losing. So, you know, that's that's football fans for you, I guess. Well, some some section of the football, the football fans anyway. Yeah. Um, sorry, was that the last one, Ben? Yeah, I'll give you two more and then uh, and then we can move on. Uh, Dan, who's at Ard Palace, says that the slump is because of changing from calmly passing out of defence so we retain possession to lumping it. Also, the wingers are playing narrower. And the nice one to finish on from Robert White again, who's at Bacalet Player, says we have 10 days now for our players to regroup, rest, and then onwards to Ipswich. We may have to accept a couple of ugly 1 nils. Yeah, I think that's, that's probably right. I know Slovenia Davis said something similar in the chat. He says, I think the break we have now with uh, Millwall postponed could be a real blessing in disguise. Time to recharge the batteries and hopefully see everyone else drop points again. Um, that's an interesting moment. That's that, that's another thing that does get lost in this discussion is that the reason we're still fourth in the table is that everyone's results are all over the place. It's it's frustrating to see a team like Hull who who are saying um, you know we're, we're so poor uh, at Sellers Park and in the games they've had a couple of live games as well and they've just been boring. Been an awful team to watch. Just you know sitting sitting back playing on the break, not really, not really committing men forward and just relying on, uh, on some well-paid attacking players. And it works for them. They, you know, they, they look like getting promoted to me. So George Boyd. Yeah. George Boyd. And, oh, what a, an absolute, you know, yeah. It's a bit of a killer to miss out on that one in the end, but there we go. If um, I was John Terry, I'd call him on. <laughs> and actually mean blind. Yeah. Of course. Okay. Good. All right, mate. <laughs> Thanks for that. Um, Ben says we've had a tweet that Jazz Richards has just tweeted, glad to be back in Croydon, so he is still here. He obviously, uh, don't know if he ever... Blimey, who's ever said that? <laughs> I was going to say, that's an oxymoron, isn't it, really? You people are horrible. It's a lovely place. Swansea must be awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it really is. Have you been there? Oh. I've been to Newport and Cardiff. Yeah, sort of imagine Newport, but dingier. Oh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They've got a place there called the Mumbles, haven't they? They have, yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah, that sort of sums it up. Look, let's get back to some specifics of yesterday. Obviously, it was nil-nil. Um, 23 shots we had to Barnsley's three. 12 of our shots were on target, which itself tells the story. Barnsley had no shots on target. Uh, we had 53% of possession, nine corners uh, to Barnsley's one corner. Uh, obviously, they played in our kit, which caused some sort of weird disagreement uh, after the game, apparently. Their manager believed that we forbid them to play in their own kit or something. Oh, I don't even care. But it was ridiculous watching Palace home play Palace away. 
I saw some uh, Barnsley fans on the way out. Uh, a couple of them were clutching their shirts. They said, yeah. we're going to hold on to these. You know, they'll be worth a bit. Um, and I'm, I've got loads of photos of uh, Barnsley players in Palace kits just to throw into some uh, whole threads <laughs> in about 10 years' time. What player's this then? You know. <laughs> That'd be good, yeah. Guess the player and just throw in a few Barnsley. Do you think that's why there was a fight in the changing room? Our, our team thought it was though the Barnsley players just doing a Palace <laughs> kit. Just started yeah. laying into them. Um, Would it matter if they'd swap shirts at the end of the game? <laughs> Look, um, let's talk about that that fight in the the dressing room. Which I say fight. Basically, Ian Holloway said that there was a disagreement. Should we say in the in the changing room after the game? Obviously, a game a ruck. I think is yeah, what he said. Rug. And uh, oh, I'm, I misread it and uh, what the hell was going on? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fuck it. A quick rock. ruck in the changing room. Anyone? A quick yeah. rusk. They eat so, baby food. So anyway, um, there was. You know, it's a game we've drawn nil nil, so obviously some chances have missed. And and, he, and Ian Holloway talked about wanting it. You know, the players obviously wanting the results too much. Uh, is there such a thing, Albert? If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Uh probably, but I don't think that's an excuse for them fighting. They're probably just all pissed off at each other for various reasons. And, you know, you get it in the stands. Mm. You do, yeah, yeah. Supporters have a go at each other. Players are going to do it as well. As long as no one's come out with a black eye or, you know, it wasn't like a Lee Bowyer, Kieran Dyer situation. No, no, it wasn't anything like that, obviously. Although you've seen similar things, like you say, in the crowd. But um, I just think, uh, I think personally, when, when you've, when you see people talking about a lack of effort and a lack of uh, you know commitment, and then you hear hear about that sort of thing, that to me it sort of underlines that these players do care. Do we know who it was? Or no, no, obviously it's not. That's not come out. No, it was. I have I have heard who it is. Oh, um, Naveed Khan tweeted yesterday uh, yeah. that it was Delaney, Delaney and Wilbraham. Oh, really? Apparently so. Yeah, I did tweet him and ask how he knew, and he didn't reply. But uh, yeah, do you think? Do you think the conversation would have gone along the lines of? Um, how can you head the ball 14 feet wide from the goal line? <laughs> who, like do that, you think, yeah. who do you think started it? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't I'm know. Just, I wonder if Holloway had to pull him off. <laughs> um, 
Albert thinks he's in a Carry On film, so I'm just going to move. <laughs> from that. Um, look, I, I, what I, the point I'm trying to make is, you, you, to be a professional footballer, obviously you need a certain level of commitment and professional pride anyway. And, and these guys have all shown all season that they, you know, they will fight for each other and they'll fight. They will fight each other. It seems as well, but. I think whenever you sort of see a poor performance, it's really easy to get lazy and start saying, oh, they just don't care, they're not wearing the shirt with pride. I really don't think you can label this group like that. I really don't. And it's a shame that some people have been, and you've had Delaney and and, and, uh, and Ramage actually leave Twitter as a result, which is a real shame. Nick? you you, you got to look in the context. One of the uh, Barnsley players had a shot, and it was a Jeff Thomas because it went out for a throw. Do you remember Jeff Thomas when he played for England? Yeah. And all he had to do was kick the ball and score, and he, he went out past the corner flag. Yeah, yeah. He um, got some insane we had a shot on... like that. Yeah. And it's, I think it was just one of those bizarre football games where nobody's ever going to score. The keeper made a couple of good saves. If, if um, Maritz's free kick had gone in, the keeper made a fine save from that free kick in the first half. Mm. It might no, have made a difference. Yeah, no, absolutely right. It did. Did Moritz had a very couple of very good free kicks, and you know, obviously, we're in some ways we're our own, own worst enemy for missing chances. But you've got to also praise their defence because I think their manager admitted that they they put three men on Zaha and looked to get a point, and they got a point, and it matters to them. That um, and um, the, the communication, the, the free kick at the end, Johnny oh. Williams and um, what's his face, Dobby. Um, Dobby. Now, the reason Dobby fluffed that was because Williams tapped the ball too far for him. I saw it. He, yeah. really, he, he tapped it. We just couldn't gauge how, how far to kick the ball yesterday. Again, yeah, again, that's... So many times. Another, passes. It's another brilliant comment on that from, from, from Holloway when he was talking about um, tennis players say that they do that. They, you know, the wrong moments, they tense up and all their shots sort of completely... It's the same sort of thing. You know, if, if you're if you're tense, if you're not relaxed, if you're sort of trying too hard, it's the sort of thing you do. You kick a ball, literally, a ball you want to tap to one side. Sorry, can I come in there again? I, yep. uh, they've, they've, they set up the extra goal right by where I sit. Um, well, not literally, because that dirt when the ball yeah, was yeah, in, yeah. Nipped yeah. in the face. And um, Balassi didn't miss a shot in the warm-up. He was inch perfect, just on the inside of the post, mm. from the same sort of distances that he was fluffing him in the match. It's, you're right about being relaxed. Maybe he needs to get a bloody sports psychologist mm. into you know, but that's, I mean, look, you don't have to be a genius to sort of draw the parallels between between getting to a, a, such a critical point in the season where all the manager can do is say, listen, guys, we've only got, at the time, it, I think only got 10 games left. For these last 10, I want you to win six games, just, just the six games. So if something goes wrong in a game, don't worry about it. Relax, relax, relax. And all of a sudden it's, okay, guys, you've got six games left. You've got to win them all. And it's... You can see that the pressure's building and building and building, and unfortunately, for whatever reason, it's got to our lads. And I don't know if there's a quick and easy answer out of it. It's the sort of time you need to lean on experienced players, but we've lent on our experienced players, and, and I'll talk about one of those, Kevin Phillips. Um, the goals have some dried up of late, and, and not only that, it's the actual impact of, of his performances seem to have dried up a little bit. Do you think that's a fair comment, Nick? Yeah, he's, he's not as impact as he was. It's like he he spent everything in that hat trick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's it. He spent all his coins in one go. I don't know um, because he he was so disappointed with himself when he he it was just I don't know. It was, 
there's something not that not there, is it? We've lost our mojo a bit, mm. and all we need is to score a goal or score a couple of goals. And I think the disappointing thing was we thought the Barnsley game was going to be the springboard, or more of a springboard than it was. It, on the paper, you know, I take a lot of positives from the game because we made the chances. You know, 13 chances. Wilbraham any other day would have scored that. I think oh. he's, you know, he's got a lot of weight on his shoulders. He's coming in. He's, he's blooming come on for a 30, 30 goal a season bloke. You know, expectation. Maybe he just can't hack it. Sorry, Albert. I don't know. You seem to have a point to make, but I can't remember when that was. No, that's right. I was going to go back to the that last free kick, the Williams and Dobby mix up. Mm. Forget Palace. When's the last time you saw anybody score from a free kick that had just been tapped on? Because I can't think. It's. Do you know what? I don't know why people bother. Yeah, it's a weird one, isn't it? People always say this about short corners as well. Why do a short corner? They never work. And It's one of those. They only have to work once, I suppose, to actually sort of justify ten failures. But um, it's strange. Like It was a critical point in the game. Just get it's it in pretty there. Pretty much the last kick of the game. You, that's all you do, isn't it? I don't know. Having said that, the number of times I've seen the last kick, free kick of the game go into the keeper's hands as well is another one. But that's that other point. People just, at that point, you seem to is the moment where people kick that ball a little bit too far. I think, basically, as a, as a couple of the guys who have con- contacted, us, uh, contacted us today have said, now is probably a really good time for a break uh, to try and get the players a bit more relaxed and to try and sort of you know, get back to what it was that was getting us, getting us these victories. Um, yeah, um, Ben, let's, um, let's, let's get some listener interaction. Yeah, we, uh, we were talking about the ruck a few minutes ago and I've got a few tweets in about that. Um, Lisa, again, has, has tweeted in and said it was obvious Delaney needed to hit something or someone the way he stormed off. <laughs> yeah. uh, Daniel Schilling says the ruck shows passion. The boys need to focus and find that mid-season flair. Stuart Linehan has tweeted that Delaney walked off the pitch holding the match ball and he looked like he wanted to punch it looked like he wanted to punch it and probably imagine it was Wilbraham's head. Um, <laughs> Dave, who's cool to an eagle, says, I think the lads need to relax a bit and stop trying too hard. We're almost guaranteed a playoff place to just do what's natural. That's something that Holloway has talked a bit about as well, about them trying too hard to, to win games. So maybe that's that's something. And Dan Morgan, last one, has said, he's asked who was involved, and he said that maybe a newbie has stirred the hornet's nest. Mm, I suppose it's possible. You know, we've had a couple of new players in them. Maybe a few uh, different voices in there have slightly, slightly affected things. It's, but I don't, I don't think it's anything quite as complicated as that. Uh, Nick, you've got some points in the chat room. Uh, I've got one from Lions 550. Uh, I guess the, about the ruck in the change room, I guess if nothing else, it shows the passion is still there. Um, I'd argue about that was, where's, where's Holloway bloody taking control? You'd never get a ruck in Brian Clough's blooming uh, changing room, would you? He just punches the fans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it, I guess. But um, I don't know. I, I just, I just can't get away from the fact that it's these. Uh, you hear about it. Whenever you talk to anyone in football, they always say the same thing. Oh, you know, training ground bust ups and fights in the change room and all that. They happen all the time because it's a group of ridiculously competitive people um, who just want to win. And and we know we know that the players want it. You can you only have to listen to them talk and watch. You know, watch them in the warm-up, things like that, to see that they want it. They want that as much as the fans, because you know they they want promotion. Of course, they do. It's so close as well. I think that's probably what it is, and I think I think we just got to, you know, the fans as well have got to keep their heads because that's what's been really going wrong as well off the pitch. It's, it's not been that enjoyable. Um, it's, you know, it's not enjoyable to hear to hear, you know, a crowd which seem to be made up of probably about ten thousand people who aren't usually there. 
to hear a large percentage of them boo the lads off the pitch after they, you know, created 23 shooting chances and just couldn't put the ball in there. You know, they tried their best. But I think people, there's so many things that have gone on. There's people with an agenda against the manager because they didn't think he should the last one should have gone and they don't believe the reasons that the last one left and all this sort of rubbish. And there's people who think the board are doing this and that, which, you know, it's insane. And basically... You know, you just want to see people pull together. And at the moment, for whatever reason, it, it all seems to be getting a little bit too tense. And I don't remember Trevor Francis getting this much stick after Steve <laughs> Bruce went. That's because 80% of the people watching it were asleep. <laughs> oh, Trev. Punching Kalinko was the greatest thing he ever did. It was just funny. Um, a couple of things I wanted to mention that we haven't done, obviously... Um, Jednak, we mentioned, was booked uh, and will miss two games now. Um, I think I'm right in saying if he had avoided a booking in that game, uh, it would have been an amnesty and he would have wouldn't wouldn't have faced a ban for the rest that of the was, season. That was terrible. His booking. Yeah, it wasn't. I can understand. Game. I can understand that you know perhaps if people square up, the ref has to book them. But Jednak didn't square up. He just stood there and puffed his chest out like saying, so "Come he on." Him. He pushed and him. Then, uh, go on, Albert. Who pushed who? Well, they pushed each other, but Yednak retaliated, and that's a booking, sadly. Um, you know, it's one of those, isn't it? He's the captain. Um, yes, you want him to, to show, you know, the leadership, and you want him to show passion. And unfortunately, those things happen in football. And he's picked. You know, it's not just about one booking, is it? You know, whether it was or it wasn't a booking, or he should or shouldn't have done it. You know, he's picked up a load of bookings throughout the season, and that's it's just the way. It's just, just his game. You have to cope sometimes with losing players. You know, players can get a knock and be out for two games as well. So it's not that huge a thing, really. But um, look, I also want to talk about um, Stephen Dobby. Now, obviously, the memory people will have from that game has been firing that free kick over. We've talked about the reasons for that. But am I alone in thinking that we only really looked to create really truly dangerous chances? Uh, when he was on the pitch, um, Albert? Correct. Correct. Mm. Correct, yeah. Uh, he he, uh, he gets his foot on the ball and and uh, it's going to time with a point that I sort of wanted to make. He's, he's, he's good enough, but is Johnny Williams who we should be relying on you know, at the start of these games for 90 minutes? So I just don't think he's got the strength or the, the sort of experience to really push a game on. Mm. I almost think, you know, Dobby should be and keep keep Williams for that last sort of half an hour impact yeah. sub because you know Dobby Dobby's got a quite a calm head on him you know he, he tries to bring the ball down he looks for a pass he can put a cross in and he's got a shot on him and he can take well I was going to say not yesterday he can take a free kick as we know. <laughs> yeah. um, um, it's an interesting point you raised there. I mean, obviously yesterday um, Williams was playing in the in the sort of in the KG role if you like because you had Moritz playing ahead of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, but I, I, I do totally agree with you. I think as fantastic a player as Williams is, and he's also he could he can play that central midfield role very well. And with KG out, which I believe again I believe was an injury, um, with KG out, I can see why he was picked. But in a general sense, I think you're right. I think I think Dobby playing in that role in behind the striker is the way to start a game. Uh, I'm not saying that it, it would definitely achieve results because we have played Dobby from the start and. And seen him have a very, very quiet game. He's, he's sort of he's a very enigmatic player. He, you know, he's either, he's either on it or he's not. There's no real in between with him. And um, but I thought off the bench he did a good job, and I think Williams does a similar similar job. But um, 
you know, to me, the only player who really looked on his game, and, and well, and even then he was below his best, was uh, Wolves Zaha. And I think, but I think when Dobby came on, it, it helped everyone sort of link together and it sort of showed the way forward about how he should be thinking to play in, for the rest of the season. Um, uh, it, it's a it, shame that um, Murray wasn't on then, really, wasn't it? Because, you know, the. It, it, was it Dobby that created the chances for Wilbraham or was you know, being on a pitch and able for those chances to happen for Wilbraham yeah, and with Murray in the them. same place yeah, he def- yeah you're right Albert. he definitely created one of them yeah like I say that's to me there's the, the sort of lessons to learn there uh, but these are the sort of things that you do when, when you for whatever reason in, in this case it was missing a few chances and having their keeper in pretty good form um, uh, can I just uh, go back to Johnny Williams um, yeah Several times he got the ball, and whereas I feel in the past he would have tried to go on a bit of a run with it and sort of go on one of his drive forwards, um, he didn't seem to be doing that yesterday, and he looked like he wanted to, but I don't know, it's the the whole confidence thing again. Oh yeah, maybe, but I think it's more he's playing a different role in the team, isn't he? Because he's playing playing as a central midfielder rather than the player behind the strike. Yeah, but why why? Why not utilise his skill? It's a bloody waste of his skill if he's not doing that. Even if he's in a further in field, he can still make these runs. No, I know, I know what you mean, mate. I know what you mean. But like, I know what you mean. But who does? Who, you know. Well, I say you, there's a. You think about the goals we've been conceding as well. And yeah, but we had eight players on the halfway line all the time. You know, yeah. if, if Williams goes on his run, well, a there'll be a problem that there's going to be nobody in the box from because we were sitting back too yeah. much. No, you are like, losing. You're right. But we couldn't win. That, well, that's that's as may be. But no, see, I can't really agree with that. I know what you mean. There were, and there certainly were times where I could. I remember quite late in the game being really frustrated by it, about Wilf getting down the wing, looking up, and there's one player in the blooming box. I understand that that happened at times, but when you consider the the chances we had in that game, to you know, that were simply out of ex- the execution of the chance. You know, we we did more than enough to win and to win comfortably, in my view. But uh, I don't know. So I understand where you're coming from, Nick. I think it's a point we'll probably have to agree to disagree on. Um, okay, but if I was to no, I don't agree to disagree. Uh, I'll go and I will. You never, you never do anyway. Do you? Uh, would you say um, if if I was to ask you whether to pick, were we unlucky or were we poor? What would you pick? For me, I'd say we was. Uh, Unlucky due to poor finishing. <laughs> oh, like what you've done there. Mm. Like you've done. The chance in the first half that was described as off the line. I'm, was it end? Was it off the line, or did it just look that way? I even know what what chance that was to be quite. Oh, well, there was a chance in the first half. Looked like he got off the line, and it was mentioned in one of the reports I read. But just from where I, from where the distance I was, I couldn't tell if it was actually on the line or just a good block in the six yard area. Yeah, I mean, there was a, it was. A, I don't remember anything being off the line, to be honest with you. But I'd right. be interested to see if any uh, any listeners were a bit more observant than I was. I thought the chart, the, the closest we got was um, was Balassi, really, with a relatively long range effort. of all first half was that was probably about it, really. But um, well, another thing, free, 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 free kick, free kick. Sorry, and the free ben kick. Ben Murray's one on one. Well, it wasn't really a one on one, but no. good save from the keeper. Um, good save or bad shot. Yeah, well, uh, I thought it was a good save. But... He made him big. Make of that what you will. <laughs> I'd have loved him in FIFA. Um, but that's FIFA. <laughs> um, 
Okay, Ben, if, well, similar question to you, but can I also uh, relate it back to, to tactics or, and confidence as well? Obviously, mm. were, you know, were we unlucky or were we poor? Um, uh, more importantly, was the way we played, was the failure to win the game due to a lack of confidence or would you say it was tactical errors? Uh, definitely not tactical errors. I'll come back to that in a second. The first question, unlucky or poor, I think more unlucky than poor really because we definitely created the chances it just didn't fall for us and every team gets days like that where you know how many chances do we create 23 or something and 23 shots yeah, okay 23 shots uh, merely not a lot of them were, were clear-cut chances but we we were creating chances and we, we just couldn't put it away so I think more unlucky yesterday I think Blackpool was, was more poor than unlucky um the second question tactics um no because before the game, a lot of people saw the lineup and they thought, that's perfect, that's exactly the team I would have played. And I think Holloway couldn't really have done anything more apart from maybe the bad substitution. And I think he admitted after the game that he, he's going to get ribbed for that because it, the fact that it was a straight swap, Murray for Wilbraham, didn't do him any favours. I think Wilbraham should have been involved, but maybe not as a straight swap for, for Murray. But it, tactically, I don't think he did much wrong yesterday, Holloway. And I think the people that, that are berating him for that are just looking for an excuse really to... You know, to to say what you know that he's done something wrong. I don't think he did much wrong yesterday. Okay, it's so frustrating, isn't it? I think that's what's that. It's frustrating that we've seen us play so well, and and to see us play like this, it's it's just really annoying because we've seen how well we can bloody do. And yeah. it's you know, you know, it's there. It's I don't know. Mm. No, it's I, like I can't it's even like, think of an analogy. Well, look, it's one. one of those things, and they always say like the what the. It's it's hope that kills you, isn't it? You know the yeah. hope that something will be d- d- different, and we've got genuine reasons for our ho- for for being hopeful about our you know our future and being hopeful to go up this year. You know there are genuine reasons for that. We're not making up the fact that, that for a lot of the season we've played some really good football, scored oh, the, a lot the of goals. The table doesn't lie, mate, does yeah, it? Exactly. But it, you know, but it is it is undoubtedly now that. It, well, now it's just—it's just the worst possible time to be having these problems, and it's just no time to put it right. You've just got to get on to the next game. We've got this one little opportunity, this one little break because of uh, Millwall's cup run, where we can just have a look at ourselves and just try and get a bit of a grip on what's going on. And we better take it really, because otherwise, you know, we go into the playoffs in, on this form. You know, it's not going to end well. And by the looks of it, it probably is not going to end well against one of our um, either our ex-manager or our rivals. I think so. Um, but there we go. Um, okay, Ben, some uh, some tweets, and then we'll move on to some previews. Yeah, um, I asked about about Jed Nack and if we're going to miss him. And John Edwards has tweeted in and said that it might be a blessing because uh, we might play a midfielder in midfield rather than as a third centre back. <laughs> um, and we've had a, a tweet in from TJ Card who said I'd like to see Heron Boateng involved at some point in those two matches a risk due to a lack of experience but played very well versus Stoke yeah. um, and Aaron Mitchell the, the ever present Aaron Mitchell or not says uh, I think our players become too predictive and our opposition know how to play against us but we need to keep the faith and then Kieran Nash just a, a quick point he's made he said that we should try Dindan and he could be our wild card so what do you think about that? Um, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because there was a comment from Holloway saying uh, that Dindan would have been involved against Birmingham uh, had we had international clearance. Uh, we get international clearance and he's not involved against Barnsley. So I suppose you've got to start questioning that, really. You know, why, why sign a player till the end of the season if he's not going to play? So I, I can see those sorts of arguments. But at the same time, if he was 
able to play and he was capable of making an impact, I, I have no doubt that Ian Holloway would be playing him. So you've got to assume it's for the right reasons. But um, it's a tough one. He's an unknown quantity. You know, it's, it's been a fair few years since he played up top for Portsmouth uh, in, in the Premiership. Um, so you can't really say that there's no, not one of us really knows what he's even about these days. So, you know, like I say, he's an unknown quantity. I, I assume he will, will be involved or we just simply wouldn't have signed him. So some, uh, let's see how it pans out. Some, some people on the chat uh, and on the, on the whole site have said about bringing Banton back, but I, I don't think that would work at the moment because he's, he's, is he playing as a winger for Plymouth at the moment? He is, he's playing as a winger. There's some, a few interesting so, things about Banton. Um, he's, first of all, he's getting, obviously getting a lot of goals for Plymouth, but people need to remember this League 2, uh, League 2 level. Um, that's not to do him a disservice because he's a really good little player. Um, and I do believe he'll have a, an impact at Palace in the first team at some point soon. Um, but there's no sense, there's absolutely no sense in, in bringing him back now while he's enjoying his football. You've got to think long term about a player like him. Um, there's a chance he could come back and make an impact, but you know the chances are he would he would be on the bench here uh, and, and he'd be coming on for maybe 10, 15 minutes here and there. And long term development wise, it's better he's playing 90 minutes at uh, at Plymouth. Um, not, not only that, you know, he's, he's enjoying himself down there. It's, it's right for him. Uh, and I actually, in, um, I and I was going to say as well before before we get into that is also we if we do want him back at some point to make an impact, he'll be ready for the playoffs as well. Yeah. Um, I think I think the other thing to consider with with someone like uh, Banton is I mean who who do we who would you say we would drop if you could, if you wanted to drop a player who would it be right now? Well, I, my my thought was dropping Zaha into just behind um, the strikers, mm. and then um, oh, nice, Mikey. <laughs> What's happened there? <laughs> no, well, it's just Mikey's, Mikey's Mikey suggested Spironi. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, for when he when he nearly dropped the ball and there was that nearly head in hands moment near the end when uh, the, he spilled the ball a bit. And, I was going, no, we can't lose like this. <laughs> <laughs> um, Albert, did you have a point to make? I've forgotten. No, but I can make one up if you want. No, you said something ages ago in the chat. I've just not seen it on Oh, there. that was ages ago. And, uh, uh, but as for who, who I drop, I think calling out for these unknown entity youngsters, I think, is probably a bit desperate, to be honest, because, yeah. like I say, it ties in with what I was saying earlier. The problem is the fact that Murray is injured and or knackered, and Blasty and Zaha are... Uh, and as well, and I think you know you need to either change the system to utilise different players, or you know you rely on them finding form and fitness again. I, th- I think we're so we're so reliant on those three and the system that they allow us to play that mm. it's not a case of just sw- swapping someone out. It, you know, it'd be a complete not complete reshuffle, but you know you might have to look go four four two or you know or something you know something more like that. Uh, so I, I mean, it's as simple as calling the. Giving Balassie a break. <coughs> yeah, I think the other thing to worth noting about um, Jason Banton is that John Sheridan at Plymouth has been um, has been quite critical of him, and he's, he's saying yes, you know, Jason's had, had a big impact for us. You know, got some really important goals, um, and he's very direct, but he doesn't know when to pass the ball. You know, he's you know he's not completely aware of, of the game. He's still learning. And for a player to be making, he's, like I say, making an impact in, in that league, he's, he's basically, 
well, it's too early to say he's rescued Plymouth, but he very much looks like he's rescued their season by getting those goals. But um, but if he's if he's getting criticised by manager that that he's not, you know, got the the awareness to to make the most of his ability now, and that he's got a lot to learn, then le- the learning environment really is not at the key end of the championship season with us desperate to get promoted in a, to go into a team full of. You know, people who are, you know, struggling to be honest. But having said that, you do you do think back to times where we've needed a bit of a change. I could think back to a time when Warnock took over Palace, and we were just desperate for an injection of pace, and he gave Sean Scannell a chance. Um, and Scannell come on and, and scored on his debut and things like that. And just just for half a season, I think it was, it was just all about having a bit of pace and confidence and belief. And young players do that. So if you want to, with um. Sorry, Chris. We'd we'd get an unknown. There'd be an unknown quantity again. I think, you know, other teams have got the measure of who's who our players are, and you know what what we're capable of, and and maybe that's had something to do with it as well. We've been, you know, other teams know how to play us better. Yeah, it'd be nice. I could. Yeah, I mean, I could certainly. I don't think Banton's the answer myself, but I, I don't think recalling him is the right reason for the reasons I've said. But maybe there is someone with within our youth side who can come in with a bit of confidence, a bit of directness. And just uh, just come on. I mean, there's a, you know, there's, there's a number. No, you're that. not going to list the youth team again, are you? No, do you remember what happened last time? <laughs> I started listing them, and well, there were two times I started listing them. I listed them the first time, and then suddenly went quiet, and Jill went hello <laughs> for some reason. And then the other time, I just got confused and just kept listing players forever and ever and ever. But obviously, Carl De Silva's gone on loan to Barnet, I think. So. um I didn't feature at the weekend. I don't know if he's picked up an injury again or something, but um be a real shame if he did, because obviously they just come back from injury. But um, he, he was one I, I kind of had real high hopes for this season. But, you know, you, you think at the start of the season, it was, there was a lot of talk that Reese Alassane would get a chance. So, um, you know, maybe, maybe. Um, I've just been told we're not going to do the preview that Ben prepared for us for Ipswich. That's not very fair. No. I've, only got, I've only got a little bit of- a little bit of stuff. You want me to read it out? Screw it. He's only the producer. You do it. Okay. <laughs> I am going to do it. Right. We're playing Ipswich. Not this Tuesday, but the Tuesday after. Um, they haven't lost since the 5th of March. A couple of nil-nil draws and, and three wins in that. But they've only lost two of their last ten. And then those two were against Watford and Nottingham Forest as well. So they're pretty decent. It seems like Mick McCarthy's kind of come in and, and rejuvenated the team completely. And they've shot up to 14th in the league. Um, I got in touch with a Ipswich fan earlier. Um, and asked him just if he had a, a few points to make. He he's been very. I follow him on Twitter. He's very good. He's dcrackers underscore itfc. So thank you very much for for getting in contact with us there. And I'll just read you what he said. Um, and that should be enough of a, a little preview, really. He says, if I'm honest, I can't really fault any players under Mick. They all give a hundred percent every game. I'd probably say that Jay Tab, unknown from Reading, is our most lively player. Always a threat as he's very quick. David McGoldrick was our biggest threat, but now he can't play the remaining five games due to football league rules of playing for two teams in the same season. Our defence has been very solid of late, conceding one goal in eight games and keeping nine clean sheets in 12 games. I fear Balassi and Zaha will test our defence big time again, but I don't see you scoring for fun like you did at Sellers Park. We're fairly solid at home and have only been beaten twice under Mick on home soil. I hear your away away form isn't the best, uh, so if I had to go for a prediction, I'd say 1-0 to Ipswich or 1-1. And uh, he says that it should be a good game. And he, he says, make sure Donkey Delaney plays, then we have a great chance. <laughs> and he, yeah. he, wanted, he wanted to know what we thought of Delaney as well. So I'll ask you that. Uh, 
well, my opinion on Delaney is I, I can't praise him highly enough. I remember there the Ipswich Town uh, fans' words when we signed him, and I think I, I thought we signed a different player from the. What were they, they, Chris? I don't remember them exactly, Nick, but they were essentially <laughs> they were criticism. They were saying that you know they were glad to see the back of him, glad his co- contract got cancelled, that he's useless, he's slow, he makes too many mistakes, blah 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 blah, all the sorts of stuff we used to say about Mark Hudson, who's now captain in the side, top of the league, uh, Cardiff Dragons. Yes. Um, but yeah, we go. Like I say, that my opinion, Delaney was was the catalyst earlier in the season that, that stopped us conceding goals. Um, I don't think there's any real doubt if people can remember back that far that he made a huge, huge impact on our season and set us up for the run that we went on to, to get us into the position where we're now in. So I can't praise the guy highly enough and he certainly plays, you know, with his heart on his sleeve and what have you. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I think that's probably a, a fair assessment in terms of a prediction. I don't, I'm not going to go for predictions from, from people in general. I don't think there's any point in that this, this week. This game's too far off. But, um, but it's not good. Yeah, I'm not expecting what we did to them at Sellers to uh, to happen again, unfortunately. Um, but you never know. Someone's going to have to take a thumb in when we get back on uh, on form. Just depends when that will be. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, anyway, too many weeks. Yeah. Well, look, anyway, look. That's that's our review. It's not a particularly happy time um, for us at the moment. We've, I think an hour is enough. We don't want to dwell too much on. On misery, we're a we're a happy kind of show. But just think of it this way: um, for all the bad things that we've we've been through, sort of in the last few weeks, uh, they're nowhere near as bad as uh, as we were predicting at the very very start of the season. So I think people can, if we can get a bit, keep retain a bit of perspective, keep supporting the players, and try and help them get that confidence back. I think we can end the season strongly, and you never know, we still might. Uh, might steer away through the playoffs. Um, we may be back next week for a show. It depends on whether we can get hold of Peter Ramage for an interview or not. Uh, we, would, we had lined up an interview for him, but unfortunately some people spoiled it for us by making him leave Twitter. So thanks for that, guys. Cheers. Thanks. Now we can't contact him. Brilliant. Uh, so if we can sort that one out for you, we'll, be, we'll have a show live next week. From I think it'll be from the Port Manor, that's the plan. Uh, and we'll be talking to Peter Ramage. But if not, we'll be back in two weeks. So until then, bye. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.